Hi, I'm Michaela Loach. And I'm Rebecca. And this is the Yikes Podcast. so excited to share this episode with you. Um, we had an amazing conversation with the wonderful Kenny Ethan-Jones, who is a model and activist. His work surrounds um, talking about his own experiences with periods as a black trans man um, and just like trying to make period spaces more accessible and inclusive. Um, he just has so much to share and so much knowledge to share with all of us. Um, and it was just such a great conversation. Yeah, we talked about all about obviously like his work as a model and activist but also just generally uh, educating other people through social media setting boundaries on social media joy as resistance and much more uh, we are sure you're going to love this episode and uh, just as a content warning we are mentioning jk rowling and her recent transphobic comments um, so please do take care of yourselves if you are listening and also uh, apologies for the sound quality in some of the bits of this podcast we are still recording remotely and yeah therefore some of the quality is not the greatest um but soon we'll be back to normal and yeah uh, let's get into the episode um hi kenny um we're so excited to have you on the podcast like how are you doing today i'm good thank you i, I wish it was more sunny but other than that I'm, I'm um okay we, is it right if we just jump straight in so um yeah. How did you get into modeling and activism? Okay, so they came, as, like, I got into them separately. So originally I was a model, I was a sign model for about six years. Um, and that's kind of all I was doing. But while I was modeling, I don't know, I just felt like I wanted more. Like, modeling wasn't mm. enough for me. I liked the representation, I liked being kind of like, I don't know, a champion for my community, essentially. But mm-hmm. I wanted, you know, my voice and my experiences to be heard. Um, so I was trying to, you know, get into the activism space a bit more. And then a lovely opportunity came my way um, in 2018, which I got asked to front a period campaign. Um, and that's kind of what everybody knows me for. Mm. And I built mm. this reputation on. Um, but yeah, like my modern agency turned around and said, hey, we've got this company called Pink Parcel. They want to do a period campaign. Um, they want to champion the message that, you know, to be inclusive of all genders who bleed. And I seen that email and I was like, this isn't for me. Like, I'm sure that this is a mistake. This hasn't been sent to me purposely. Like, something's mm-hmm. wrong is going on here. But yeah, like discussing with them and understanding their their kind of messaging, I think I was just more shocked um, that a company wanted to be inclusive. Um, mm-hmm. And at that point, there was no kind of conversations around trans, non-binary people having periods. So it was really like, wow, okay, cool. Um, like, I, and then I, you know, I had to sit there and I had to think to myself, is it is it worth me? Is it worth me doing this? Because I, at that time, I knew that, you know, my, my personal profile would be attacked um, for fronting something like that. Um, mm. So there was, yeah, there was a lot of, there was a lot of conversation around that I had to have with myself and my friends. Um, but essentially, yeah, that's kind of how I ended up being a model and an activist. But I've always, I've always been an activist in a way in sense of like, I've always, I've always said that I'm trans. I've always tried to speak to people in my community and help them transition or give them advice, whatever it may be. Um, so I've always kind of been an activist at heart, but I would say I officially came on in 2018. That's really interesting to hear how you feel like um, or how you're saying, you know, you've been activists like all throughout and like at heart. But then you made it sounds like you made like a deliberate decision at some point to like really almost like step up in that organizing role. Um, Is that, you know, is that what you had maybe like planned out before and like 
not so much. I think, I think I, do you know what I think it was? I think like my, at that point, like my heart was, was in it. Um, I had, I had more knowledge around transition and rather, rather than my just actual experience of transition. Like I knew political standpoints at that point. Um, whereas when I was younger, I didn't really, I didn't know that I didn't really want to pay attention to that. I hated the idea of thinking my existence was political. Mm. Um, but by this point I kind of acknowledged that actually like I could help people. Um, I wouldn't say specifically looking to step into that role, but then the opportunity came to me and I was like, I think I was just ready. Like everything had just made sense at that point. And it felt like I was the right person to champion that message. Um, so it was just more about like the stars kind of aligning than like an intentional decision, but obviously I did kind of, I, I would say I committed to the cause. I think that's the difference. Mm-hmm. I committed to the cause at that point. Mm. Yeah, because I think it's kind of, um, I think it's quite difficult because I've experienced like as a black woman that sometimes, um, but just because of my blackness, like I'm assumed that I'm going to be an activist in some spaces. And I actually would call myself an activist. Um, but I definitely see that there are some people um, who just by having a marginalized identity get like, put into being an activist and like I thought there's there's such a kind of difficult conflict between like um how much like existence as a marginalized person like kind of requires you to do Mm. activism um Mm. and yeah and it's interesting that like you didn't see yourself as well I guess you didn't see yourself as being that person before you were asked so it it took almost someone else asking you like I want you to front this campaign um did you like how did you feel when you first um, got asked about that? Like, um, do you think that that was the moment specifically when you thought like maybe I'll be an activist or do you think that that kind of, was that more of like a precipitating factor and then later down the line it kind of merged? Mm. I think it's interesting because it plays into what you, you mentioned, you know, before in terms of like you being a marginalised identity and you kind of having to speak about your experience and rather actually I'm just a trans person or am I a trans activist? Like they're two different things. Mm. But my life is very much becoming me being an activist anyways, purely because I was open about being trans. Like I think not many mm. people are. Well, there are, no, I'm wrong. There are a lot of people, but, you know, I'm someone who's quite open to talk about anything. Like there's nothing that you can really ask me that I'll be like, I don't want to talk about it. So... I used to just end up like I just used to get asked so many questions anyways and it was kind of like at this point I'm kind of Mm. prepared so I don't know I don't feel like everybody should be an activist no I feel like if I feel like we all hold some responsibility to be to to be educators and and to be responsible but essentially it's like that's kind of a decision that you have to make I think for some people they just rather be quiet and just like Mm. go through life and that's fine too but it has to be your decision like you shouldn't be thrown into that and I think for a lot of marginalized voices um that is the case you just become like because like you're saying because you're black you you know you must advocate mm. for 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 black people no actually you just you want good for black people but you don't actually have to sit there and and voice your opinion especially if you're not coming from a point in which you're educated to talk on it mm. it's like you know, you're kind of forced into that position um which you know it's hard and it's like there's a lot on your mental health it needs to be a decision that's made it can't be forced upon you because mm. like yeah what you're saying about mental health and like how that can affect your mental health um it is quite it is quite taxing to talk about things that um obviously like I won't understand your experience completely but if I'm like mm. understanding my experience of talking to people about race for example um it is mm. a really emotional thing and it's a really like um because it's almost it's almost you're having to talk about your own trauma in order to educate someone else and that in itself yeah. can like be harmful to yourself is is like how can we look after ourselves in that like how how do we balance like wanting to to 
help people understand with like wanting to honor ourselves and look after ourselves and then also like how like how do we make sure um that in I, something that I struggle with like how do I make sure that in in educating people I'm not making them think that every black person exists to educate because they don't um in like a similar way that yeah. what you're saying about how like not every marginalized person is an educator like not every marginalized person is even like knows about all of the things that are like that within activism or anti-oppression all those different things mm. no you're completely right I think too many people are kind of thrown into that position and it's unfortunate because it's like you know it's I think the biggest thing for me I started to really like I had I had issues with my mental health before becoming an activist but becoming an activist mm. you really realize how important it is to like save parts of yourself like, I remember I kind of came in with British mentality like oh, I'll give I'll give the world my everything um mm. and within a year I was like I can't do this like this is like burning mm. me this is, like splitting me apart this is like me I think the one thing that's really hard about being an activist is like you are faced with yourself every single day like people are mm. asking you about your mm. identity to speak trauma to like think like to really understand your bones of a being like why did you do this how did that make you feel and all of those questions it's like consistent therapy but in a bad way because it's not like you're just having a conversation mm. with one person you're telling this story to the world and sometimes you haven't even figured out those stories for yourself yet so it's like the amount of realizations and epiphanies I've had on a panel <laughs> because I'm talking about something that you know I've just kind of been like oh wow like especially around obviously when the whole like Black Lives Matter movement started to heighten I had to then think about my identity as a trans man but also as a black man and how that intersects and like loads of panels ended up being like asking me to do discussions on those and I was just like wow okay this is like another part of my identity that I'm having to peel back on in order to understand it to speak it to speak about it and, and educate people on it um mm. and it's also like you need to find the line there of like how much am I willing to give the world and how much do I need to save for me and am I ready to talk about this and even even so do I want to like mm. it, it's a lot and like given the internet age it's like you can't really take any of this back neither Mm. that's one thing that I worry about because I think sometimes people assume that we like um like leapt out of the womb as these like perfect activists that understand all of our identities and know how to educate people and that's just not true like we're all gonna make so many mistakes all the time and like we're all like learning and unlearning at the same time and I guess like having a platform like like you have and like using Instagram or other social media um it yeah it does feel like you're putting all these things that you're in many ways still working out like I mean it's for me like I find I'm still working out a lot of this stuff and then I'm speaking it out <laughs> to a large amount of people um who who sometimes and social media doesn't really like give space for nuance and doesn't give space for the gray areas and like and I find that that can be really like difficult and then I, I don't know about you but I, I can worry about silencing some some sort of people by talking about things in a certain way or like and grappling with all of that is, yeah, it's so tricky when, especially when you have a platform of some sort. Because you nail it on the head. It's literally like a war zone in terms of like making sure that you're doing the right thing like as often as possible. Um, I think I've kind of had to make peace with the fact that I'm never going to be perfect. I think that was very mm -hmm. important for me because I put so much emphasis on like trying to be correct all the time that it was actually like scaring me. And like I wouldn't want to voice my opinion on the fear of me saying something wrong. And rather mm -hmm. I'd have to shift my mind oh do you know what I probably am gonna say something wrong or problematic one day but my intentions are pure and I would just own that mistake and kind of just say that you know learn from it donate to the charity or the people that I might have hurt or like some way give back and kind of make a like 
an apology essentially mm. um and move forward because that's all we can do it's like I'm not trying to sit here and say I'm perfect I'm not trying to sit here and say that I am the the only voice of you know trans men like it's not it's not that it's like this is kind of what I've learned I'm still learning I'm still unlearning like you said like this is this is just what we're it we're in consistent motion you know I'm not exempt to the rule of learning or being wrong mm. um but I, I guess in a, in a sense, like cancel culture doesn't take that into consideration. It's like, no, you are the one. Be perfect. Um, and that doesn't exist. So. Mm. I guess also that's, it's funny how that is expected of like certain people, let's say with a large following or, you know, like speaking to their experience when like marginalization is based on like oppressing, you know, certain identities and stuff. And like, I mean, even with like history, let's say like, if you're not being taught on that history, how are you suddenly then expected to be an expert in that history that, you know, let's say like white supremacy or, um, yeah, uh, whatever, like, or like patriarchy has like actively suppressed. Um, and I, I guess it's also this, like something that comes up when I just like he heard you two like speaking about this, how like when we step up in a certain space and we have that space, it's then also like very empowering for both sides to then also like um, make space for other people. And, you know, like whilst like we are being empowered, then like giving that empowerment or like amplifying like others. Um, yeah, I find that really powerful how you do that, Kenny, um, on your Instagram and on your other campaigns and activism that you do. Thank you. Yeah, I think, I think the two biggest things that I've learned within the last two years um, The first being know when to not talk, you know, know when to pass the mic to somebody else. Like, um, for instance, <clears throat> I obviously speak on my experience as a trans woman and sometimes take into consideration, well, not sometimes, always try to, like, carry non-binary people with me. But essentially, I'm not non-binary um, and I should not be talking on their existence. Um, so mm -hmm. sometimes it's like I can, you know, but it's it's that middle ground of making sure that I'm taking more marginalized groups with me, but also I'm not taking space away from them. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, but also just like in terms of not tr trying my best not to give out misinformation involves a lot of research and not just listening to one voice and one opinion. Um, you know, so it's kind of like, yeah, trying to diversify my own feed as well to make sure that actually I'm getting a, a full 360 perspective rather than just looking at one or two people and saying, mm -hmm. yeah, this is the right way. Um, so it's that kind of consistent checking of, you know, is, is, this, is, this, is this the right thing that I'm doing here? Um, and it, mm. it can be quite difficult because it's like, you know, even to make an Instagram post, I have to take that all into consideration. And for some people, Instagram is just, it's fun. And, you know, some people just like to post cat and dog pictures and that's great. But Instagram <laughs> isn't that. And if I make a mistake, I will be held to it. So it's like, yeah, it's, it's, it's a lot of weight to carry. Mm, no, definitely. Um, yeah, especially around like diversifying or like following different people. Um, Yeah, sometimes I I worry if people are just following me to learn about like race and racism and climate stuff, and that makes me worry because even in how like we no no story or there's no one story, there's no one solution, there's no one perception of anything. And so if we only consume um, information from one source, we're never gonna understand anything really, and we're gonna be so and all of us as like as people we we are limited in so many different ways and we're limited in like our perception of things and our understanding of things so if we're limit if we're then further limiting ourselves to one other person's perception and understanding of things um that's just not gonna be a very like 
helpful way to understand these really complex problems. Um, and then one thing um, I think is kind of quite linked to here is like I something that I've really respected um, about you, Kenny, on your Instagram is um, you talked about like mental health and like how that um, how that can be affected by your platform, but also you are so open to people asking you questions obviously like on certain times but I've seen you put a question yeah. feature and been like um oh ask me anything and like I I have a huge amount of respect for, for that because you're putting yourself in such a vulnerable position like to let all these people ask you anything and I can't imagine what they do ask um but I was wondering like what, what goes behind that choice and like um yeah just kind of what yeah what goes behind all of that yeah um well it's a process it's definitely a process um I would say from sort of kind of like first thing I do is like the, okay if I break it down to why I became an activist it was on the basis of educating people and um all of the kind of activists that I had seen around like trans issues were I don't know it was very it was very boxed it was very much we'll discuss this um and it was because for so long trans people's like privacy has been invaded especially around surgery Mm. um so I'm not surprised that a trans person doesn't want to open up fully because it's those kind of questions that you're like really can't I have something for myself or like this mm. doesn't need to be discussed so much more than surgery and body parts um mm. and so for me it was like how do you you know I wanted to change that narrative so I wanted people to ask me those questions but I also wanted the ability to be like I don't want to answer that or maybe kind of like turn the question into a learning opportunity of saying no you shouldn't ask this because x y and z um mm-hmm. I thought it was very important to turn around and just be like, you know, ask me anything. And then me kind of say, okay, answer the question A or B, be like, no, this isn't, this is a learning opportunity. Don't say things like this, or maybe just don't say it like that. Or like, I don't know, you should only ask these kind of questions to somebody who, you know, you're more, you have more of an intimate relationship with um, rather than Mm -hmm. just a stranger on the internet. So it was kind of like, yeah, I wanted, I wanted to kind of create this open space, but also respect my own privacy. Um, And then the next thing obviously that came into it was like mental health and like, taking the time mm-hmm. to actually do it because you know some of the questions that I get asked I would like to give um like facts as well um mm-hmm. rather than just be like from a personal perspective because I think sometimes like relating facts or sometimes even history is important mm-hmm. um so yeah it's, it's quite it's quite a lengthy process um but ultimately I just I I wanted to do it um and I just thought that kind of having I don't know I just you know what, I think always the idea of just being like, oh, I have a person that I can kind of ask anything to and they'll give me a real response was kind of like a nice feeling. Mm. I wish I had someone like that growing up for like certain issues that I didn't really understand. Um, Mm. And so I guess it just, it it came naturally to me, if I'm honest, more than anything. But I just, I don't know, I just, I just seen it was, I just thought it was very important. Um, Mm. Yeah, it's just something that I've kind of continued and now I try to do monthly. Um, given I have the time to, but yeah, it's, 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 it's a wonderful thing to do. And I get asked some really great questions. And I think the number one thing that I've noticed is as I do it more often, people are more respectful in the way they ask me questions. Mm. It's been really nice. I think before I had some really, they just wasn't, they wasn't tasteful. Um, mm-hmm. and, you know, that was kind of hurtful and some things I didn't even feel comfortable with, you know, promoting or publicizing because I know that I have trans people who follow me and I didn't want them to see those things um mm. but as I'm more open I feel like people are learning what's okay to say what's not okay and so the questions are kind of altering around that also um mm. so it's 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 nice because I, I kind of feel like my followers are growing with me in a way mm. oh, that's um, beautiful. yeah it's a really weird experience um but I really enjoy it I really enjoy it yeah I really do
Hi everyone, um, thank you so much for listening. Um, this podcast is made possible thanks to all of our patrons, so we really want to say thank you to them. And Patreon is really important to us as we really want this space to be owned by our listeners. Um, a lot of things we talk about and the nature of the conversations that we have don't really match well with a lot of advertising platforms um, or kind of companies, which means that... Um, Patreon is kind of how we can keep this podcast going and it's really, really important to us. So we would really, really, really love if you'd consider becoming a Patreon. There are extra bonus episodes on Patreon. There's like, you can get help downloads with the music. You can hear Finn, our producer, actually speak on the Patreon, which is very exciting. We'll be doing like, like Q&As and there'll be lots of different content on there. So we'd really, really love um, if you came along and joined us over on Patreon. That's um, where we have lots of extra fun stuff and also it just helps this happen and if you've learned anything from this podcast or from me or joe and you'd like to like feedback into our work um patreon's the best way to do that um and we'd be really really grateful if you could sign up for that so um our patron is the yikes podcast and you can find that in the show notes and thank you so much for supporting us and i hope you enjoy the episode and we'll see you over on patreon that is that's really really wonderful to hear like i mean like obviously educating um, in the first place, but also educating on like boundaries, educating on, you know, like today I'm not in the headspace to do this and I don't have to explain why I just, I'm not going to. And today I will, or like, you know, another day I will do this and we can grow together and hear the facts and, you know, go on and like research on your own or whatever. Um, Yeah. Like there's so many learning processes within that activity that is really, really inspiring. Um, and yeah, it's also really wonderful to hear like how the follow, like your followers are, you know, taking the time and to grow and like to learn those boundaries and respect those boundaries. I mean, hope, you know, they better, but yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, you're right. It's been, it's been very interesting because um, like the number one thing that I've noticed that's happened is like anytime I do like a really like big Q&A, um, a lot of like my previous work will get, will get looked at like I'll have people message me on you know um highlighted posts from two years ago going oh my god mm. I haven't noticed that thank you for educating me so it's kind of mm. like that introduction to oh actually I am very open and I will give you the honest truth but also do your research and I think at that point they're so interested that it's like oh actually I want to learn more well yeah like one thing that I've always seen is that I think it's the grace with which you you respond to people is something that like I have both been challenged by significantly and have learned a lot from like I remember I can't remember what post it was but it was a post you did quite a few months back I think that someone had sent you some really horrible dm and you responded with such grace that I actually like I remember seeing it and literally having to stop where I was and being like wow this is it's so because in that situation it would be so and it's and it's so right would be so righteous for you to just be super pissed off with this person or block them or just like whatever um and in that conversation you managed to turn that person like really angrily talking to you to them being like oh wait you're right you're actually seem like a really nice person <laughs> like I'm sorry um and yeah I don't know I just have like a huge amount of respect for you like putting yourself out there like that um and it's really good to hear that you also are making sure you're looking after yourself and all of that because I can't even imagine like how like traumatic that could be in the, the some things that some people would say or like just like literally putting yourself out there in order to educate people who have really done nothing to deserve that but like yeah. you still want to do that I, I just have a, a huge amount of respect for that thank you yeah no I think it's it's important it's important to me I think to do this kind of work it really has to be in your heart like you really 
just want to educate people mm. you wouldn't put yourself out there otherwise like um especially around the way that I respond to people that send me nasty messages that particular message that you're talking about was someone um they turned around and was like you're a, you're not a woman you're a freak of nature or something along those mm. lines and um you know I kind of have to like step out of myself for a moment and go why is that person saying that mm. like what, what what is it like because I, I I don't know I think I I I don't know. I have a weird perspective. I think I stand there and go, is that like, how is that person feeling today? And like, how must they feel like right? Because there must be a lot of hate in their heart. Mm-hmm. And well, I don't owe that person that like nice response. Um, and I think my response was something along the lines of, yeah, I'm, you know, I'm not a woman. You're completely right in that. You know, I'm sorry that you feel this way. You know, I feel like my most authentic self. I feel like Kenny. I feel like I'm the, the man I'm always meant to be. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, yeah, they kind of responded like, wow, do you know, I'm mm-hmm. sorry. You're all right. Um, and that doesn't always happen. <laughs> that doesn't always happen. Followed by a lot more hate. Um, but mm. I think some people, you know, just come from a place of they, they don't understand it. You know, they hold ignorance towards a topic and that's why they kind of like spread this hate. Um, mm. And some people are actually just, you know, it just takes that one person to just say to them, no, do you know, it's okay. Like, I understand that a lot of hate comes from the fact that you just don't understand me. Um, and, and here's an explanation of how I feel about how, who I am. And sometimes mm. they just turn around and like, oh my God, you know what? I can relate to that in some way. Um, yeah, so I think, yeah, it just depends. Like, I've had people, I've had multiple conversations with people kind of the same. And I remember this one particular conversation with this young man um, and he turns around and he's like, I think I'm gay and I, I can't really accept that. And, no. you know, I had this conversation with him and said, why can't you accept it? And he's like, oh, you know, those kind of like typical worries of how is everybody else going to take it? Like, will I find love? Um, mm-hmm. And I was like, you just kind of have to believe that you have to believe in the greater good and you have to believe that, you know, you're doing the right decision here. You're making the right decision mm-hmm. here by, by following who you truly are. Um, and that mm-hmm. if you don't, your life essentially will probably be a lot more miserable. Um, mm-hmm. And he turned around and was like, yeah, do you know what? And I remember he messaged me about, I think it was about six months later and turned around and he was like, yeah, I told my best friend today. Oh, wow. Yeah. And I was like, how was it? Like, how did they take it? And they were like, yeah, no, she was really nice. She turned around oh. and she was like, oh, she'll come, like, she'll help me find a boyfriend and all this kind of, like, lovely, mm. lovely kind of, you know. Oh. Those kind of things, those are, those are the reasons why, like, I take my time, especially to respond to, like, particular DMs. Um, mm. Ones that I can, I, can, I can kind of, like, I don't know, I think I've, I've learned now, so, like, to, to avoid certain conversations and some that I should probably, like, kind of, like, dive into a little bit more. Mm. Um, and sometimes there's wonderful things that come out of them. Oh, that is really really lovely that he updated you on that as well and oh how lovely um so yeah how do you I guess then it's the question like how yeah how do you sustain yourself throughout this you know process how how are you making sure you are you know even looking after your own boundaries because I definitely know sometimes that's really hard especially on social media you know always checking always yeah um It's a very good question, and, and the honest answer is I'm still figuring it out. <laughs> um, for the most part, I think I've gotten to a point now where I kind of have like routines around things. So, um, you know, I've decided that I no longer see my Instagram as something fun. It is work um, because, mm. you know, although, yeah, a lot of my friends are just messaging me, actually a lot of DMs are coming from strangers that are asking me questions that, that mm. want something from me. Um, so, yeah, it's definitely like that. And kind of just having, knowing when, to, when, when enough is enough. I think is the most important thing I've learned, knowing when to actually go, no, mm. today, I, I can't, mm. I can't do this. Um, or like sim- simple things like, you know, telling my management that, you know, I don't know, there's many different things that you can do, but I think for the most part, it's just 
been known when to tap out or like how mm. to sometimes put boundaries in place for that you know for instance mm. like only checking my instagram through certain hours of the day was one of the things i implemented quite recently um mm. you know, not checking my emails during a certain time um not giving response like not I think one of the number one things that I always feel kind of like guilty for is whenever I see really like transphobic tweets, especially from, as we're going to talk about right now, JK Rowling, I'm wanting to respond to that because mm. my heart is like fueled, like I'm ready. Um, but knowing it's going to take mm. so much energy from me and that actually I, I don't actually have the space to do this right now. Mm. Um, so yeah, just knowing when to tap out really and finding joy wherever I can. So you know, spending lots of time with my wonderful girlfriend, um, being a dog guy and loving my little son, like those things like that, just kind of trying to trying to create balance wherever I can has been has been a learning curve. Um and also having therapy once a week. <laughs> um mm-hmm. to like talk through talk through how I'm feeling and, and, and find and find better ways and to deal with those feelings and, and boundaries essentially. Mm. Oh, one thing I do love so much is that um your content is like a mix of like pictures of you and Megan and like your actual serious things and like so many wholesome things and it's just like the perfect mix <laughs> of everything. Uh, I love it so cute. much. Um you two are like the cutest couple in the entire world. I'm sure you get this all the time, but, <laughs> but like oh my gosh, so so sweet. It's definitely added like value to my Instagram. I it, that wasn't the intention of my relationship. I think a lot of people are like I think one of the, I remember that one of the first conversations that me and Megan had and I was like, you know, discussing if whether or not we should be public um, and how that would affect our relationship and if we wanted mm. the internet to be a part of that. Um, and I remember just saying to her, like, I think it's important because, like, trans people need to see that they deserve to be loved too. And mm. she was like, I, you know, I'm totally with you. I, I, I couldn't agree more. Um, and that for us kind of, you know, combined with what we both advocate for, just felt like a really mm. strong and powerful, meaningful thing. As well as like, honestly, I can say that our relationship is like, I can't even describe it, but I'm very much in love with that woman. Um, and she's an incredible person outside of us. Um, so to kind of, yeah, bring both of our, you know, activism together, both of us as people, like the way that we feel about each other together and showcase that with the world, that was like, I don't know, there was something really unique and powerful. And I think that kind of like, people see that. Mm. People see that. And that's why people have a lot of um, admiration for our relationship. Um, and mm. it's been really fun, if anything, as well. It's just been really nice to actually add something that's wholesome to my page rather than it just being activism, activism, kind mm. of like experience of trauma. Actually, I have joy too. And that should be expressed mm. as well. Um, yeah. And I wanted my Instagram to be a lot more in line with my real life and it's like not every day mm. Kenny is an activist sometimes yeah. Kenny just wants to be Kenny um and do normal mm. things um so yeah I think it was important to bring that bring that to to my Instagram page as well mm. yeah and I think that's so important to see because like like especially in a world um especially when you have loads of different intersecting oppressions and you're in a world which like kind of just wants you to like so Tony Morrison there's a quote by Tony Morrison that says she's talking about racism but she says that racism is like its main job is distraction like it stops you from from living your life and doing your work because it gets you to spend your whole life just fighting racism (laughs) um and that's why joy is such an important form of resistance in so many ways as well and I think it's so underrated like how important it is to see like marginalized folk just 
like living their best lives and like being full of joy and even as you were speaking then like I started welling up <laughs> like I got really emotional um it's just really like just so lovely and I've got quite emotional I, I don't mean I'm a big old crier I cry all the time but like I've got emotional many times just seeing people like people just like being full of joy in a world that doesn't want them to be is such a powerful yeah. and impactful thing I couldn't agree more exactly sometimes it's literally just about like joy is you know gets the haters mad essentially it's mm. like you should not be in your life right now like you should be sad um and it's like mm. no I'm gonna be sad but actually no nah, today today's for me you know today's about me being mm. joyful um and I think yeah I definitely agree like joy is such like I think you need to find balance there like balance in any way which way you can and find joy and happiness wherever you can because essentially that's what gives me that's what gives me the energy to come back you know that's what makes me go okay mm. like I feel I feel energized now. I'm ready. Like I'm ready to to come for the harder stuff. But I think without that joy, um, it would just be miserable. Wow. Oh gosh, this has just been so lovely. <laughs> I feel like I really needed this conversation today, <laughs> um, which is a very selfish thing. But um, <laughs> I've gained a lot from this already. I mean, I only learned about. Um, I learned this week from um, the Instagram page Hannah to travel like a basic bitch, Kiona. Um, she 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 framed this uh joy imposter syndrome Uh um of like I I think she was speaking about she want she wasn't gonna share like joyful moments especially at current times uh like on her Instagram and then she was like well I also deserve to feel joy and I deserve to share joy and um like yeah hearing you both talk about it like I start crying as well now um but like it is such a powerful tool you know and it is so so important like how yeah like being you know being able to feel joy even at really difficult times and like you know we can't we can't always give and give and give um without you know refueling ourselves Um, one thing you mentioned was about JK Rowling and I wondered if you wanted to get into that now or if you don't want to it's so fine either way yeah um you can discuss a bit about that I think I think my my whole take on that is um like at first I had to kind of like educate people that she's transphobic um a lot Mm. of people was kind of I kind of said cancel JK Rowling I don't necessarily I understand cancel culture in, in a very specific way. And cancel culture for me is like, if someone has proven to consistently be transphobic and they are mm. displaying that, you know, and they're, they're come, they have a big following, that's not okay. They're putting hate into the world and that's why they should be canceled. But I think a lot of people mm. was like, no, like give her a chance. Like this is a one-off occurrence. I'm like, no, I've done the research. I've seen what she said. You know, I know the ties mm. in that she, she has and the connections that she has and, you know, the fact that she's against trans people. But it, the way that she kind of, I don't know, um, formulates that and expresses it to the world, it's wrapped in these kind of concerns, quote unquote, I say mm. concerns. They're not. They're just ways in which she can channel transphobia. And so mm. that's kind of one of the things that I found really difficult to, to educate people on. Because it's like if you don't know the backstory, then you 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 know you won't see it in the same eyes that I do. No, she just she's she's just she's just a, a woman who has a as a big platform and I think she holds some responsibility. Um mm. and, and I don't think that she's using her privilege wisely. She's using it mm. to kind of encourage people to, to not transition and and wrapping up that those kind of 
those uh, opinions of hers in, in ways that aren't true and kind of a lot of the information that I'm seeing her put out is quite misleading, mm-hmm. um, especially around like, you know, like she said something, hold on, let me load it up. She said something particular that I was like, this is ridiculous. Um, talked about hormone replacement therapy. Um, and mm. she was saying that actually it carries a lot of risk um, and that we don't really know like what the outcome of that is. Um, and my problem with that, and, and she's basically saying that, you know, people shouldn't transition based on that. And my problem with that is, it's like, why are you focusing on the fact of, oh, just stop it? Because you don't know what's going on. Why are you not focusing the attention? Mm. Like, oh, actually, we should do more research into the drug. Mm. Actually know what's going on. Like the, the, the solution here isn't to stop people from transitioning. It's actually to help them transition. So make sure that the drugs that you're, you're giving people are safer. Or like, mm. I don't know, that there's more therapy behind it and things like that. It's like they're focusing on the very negatives and just saying, no, just stop people transitioning. And I don't think that's right. I think we need to focus. We need to come from a place of solution, find it, yeah. rather than mm. just stopping people from truly who they are. Like for some mm. people, transitioning isn't, isn't, isn't right. And, you know, they discover that, but they need space to kind of discover who they are. But for some people mm. like myself, you know, the surgery w- was necessary, the hormones was necessary. But people like J.K. Rowling are essentially trying to stop that from being a reality for many when it helps so many people. Like, mm. you know, the number of people in which, you know, all of these things, like, help, it, it, it gives life to people. It gave life to me, you know? I wouldn't be mm. the same person I am if it wasn't for all of those things. Um, so, yeah, I think we just need to come from a place in which is, like, solution hunting rather than mm. just saying, no, stop transitioning because we don't see it as safe. Like, lots of things I could imagine started, not to say that hormones are unsafe because I don't know the research behind it, but, um, yeah, it's, it's, it's a, there's just a lot of conversation and it's just, like, it's just making transphobia worse, especially within mm. the UK, um, which is hard to see. And it's, like, you know, there's a lot of young people that are, you know, are sitting at home seeing all of this and, and are probably very hurt by what they're, by what they're witnessing. Yeah, I think that with all of this, um, shouldn't the people that we're centering be the most vulnerable people and shouldn't those be the people that we're protecting? Like, um, I really don't understand. Well, okay, obviously there, yeah, there isn't, there is something to understand within there, like of why people, I, I think I re- recognise it saying you don't understand why someone says something isn't that helpful because obviously like we need to understand people's arguments if we're going to be able to like combat them or whatever. But within yeah. that, like why why are we listening to someone why I say we why in a people listening to someone who has no experience or qualifications in mm. any of this over people who are really vulnerable um in many ways and who need protecting like trans kids really need protecting and they need like they need like people to stand up and protect them not to not to debate their existence like so I'm I'm studying medicine and I'm going to be a doctor soon um and it does really concern me even within my own training like we have been given no training so far on like trans issues we we had one lecture on LGBTQAI plus um issues that was cancelled because of the strikes and they never rescheduled it um and there are such like discrepancies in healthcare and it really quite like scares me that we aren't like I think within medicine like we should especially be focusing on like who are like the vulnerable people that we should be protecting and if we're not doing that then mm. like what is what like I don't really understand what the point is like, if we're not going to look out for the most vulnerable in society then like what are we trying to do just uphold current power power systems and power dynamics that have caused inequality I just yeah it frustrates me so much 
literally what you just said, that last point, holding up like powerful structures, that's it. Like that's, mm. that's kind of what it comes down to. It's a sad reality. And it's like, you know, we as trans people don't even have that many rights. And, you know, it just feels like every day we're just fighting for, to keep the ones that we have. And then, you know, someone comes along in power and wants to take more away. And, um, mm. you know, it's interesting about what you said about, you know, studying, studying to become a doctor and, you know, the fact that there isn't even like, you know, God knows what you would have learned in that lesson. And would it have been enough to actually mm. be educated to help a person? Mm. Um, mm. You know, probably not, if I'm honest, um, in my experience in healthcare. So it's like, it's, yeah, there needs to, there needs to be more of this kind of like ground understanding of what trans is. I think that mm. in all sectors and all ways of life, there just needs to be this like level of understanding because I think that that kind of, that missing knowledge there is what creates a lot of transphobia as well um, mm. on the basis that they just don't know enough, that ignorance mm. um, behind it. And then they only see media representation of what trans is. And for the most part, if we're talking about mainstream media, it's cis, white, heterosexual people that are telling the stories of trans people. And it's like, mm. they, are not, they are not in a position. And even if they are like, interviewing like when I when I first came into this space as an activist and I was getting interviewed by publications it was like they were changing the story to how it fit for them not the actual mm. story so they were taking out what facts made sense and like you know could be played into their narrative rather than the actual full story of what I was discussing especially around periods it was yeah it's mm. it's 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 quite it's uh, I don't know it's it's disgusting sometimes what mm -hmm. you all see and the way that stories are being portrayed, um, and the way that it's just kind of like, you know, this open discussion, free for all of discussing trans people in which whatever way you feel, you feel you want to, you know, there is mm. no, there's no kind of like filter there, um, mm. which is, which is hard to see, especially on platforms like Twitter. Yeah, mm. yeah. I mean, I, I, th I guess even the concept of vulnerability is, you know, it's like, these people are made vulnerable. There's not yeah. intrinsic vulnerability. Um, mm. But um, yeah, like I guess like one last question uh, to kind of wrap up, but what, what do you wish like people understood more generally um, in, you know, around your activism or just, yeah, just generally whatever comes up there. And mm. do you have, you know, a specific call for action for our listeners um, and that kind of what's your vision for the next few steps that you're taking as an activist and in just general joy and whatever? That's such a wide question. Um, <laughs> I mean, whatever comes up for you, you know? Um, yeah, okay. Um, I, I don't, I don't, I, I don't know. I think the number one thing that I would kind of like to see from people um, is just to be, you know, take the, take the first step and actually ed by educating yourself. I think that's kind of what has heightened this Black Lives Matter movement as well, is the fact that people are actually going, wow, I could be doing more, I should be doing more, um, and are taking it upon themselves to educate themselves, um, which is something I would like to see um, done for the trans community also, because it's like, it's just a, that expected labour on our behalf to educate mm. people, when there is a lot of information out there um, on trans people. Um, and if not, there's lots of activists like myself who, you know, publicise things on their own Instagram page and and all that kind of good stuff um but I think that's kind of that's kind of it I think obviously mm -hmm. I would like to see better legislation and you know trans people mm -hmm. be cared for more um mm -hmm. but I think we're quite a long way from that if I'm honest um mm -hmm. which, is, which is a sad reality but I the one thing I, that's always kind of like held close to my heart and gives me 
you know makes me feel happy about the future is that I know that regardless of what trans people go through there'll always be people like myself that are willing to fight for our rights mm. um, and I think that's so important and that I, I believe a lot in us um, and the power that we have as people um, to making the future better for us so mm. yeah there's a there's, there's I'm I'm hopeful I'm very hopeful for the future um, but I think we need a lot of good allyship and I think that yeah people just need to take it upon themselves to educate themselves and, and help us um, create better circumstances for you know the trans community mm. wow oh my gosh this has been just such a lovely conversation oh my gosh I feel like I've gone through like an emotional roller coaster in so many ways just like hearing you speak and hearing more from you was like it's been such an honor um and yeah I'm so excited for everyone to listen to this who will be listening right now hi everyone um so thank you so much for um, coming on the podcast if people want to find you anywhere or if you want to plug anything plug away okay so if you want to follow me on instagram it's at kenny ethan jones i have twitter but i wouldn't suggest you follow me on that because i avoid it at all costs um outside of that um hopefully i will have a book underway next year um i won't discuss too much about it but it's just something Ooh. that you should keep out for um Yay. other than that just like stay up to date i'm always up to new things i'm you know i'm very like entrepreneurial in that way so mm. yeah follow your boy fab thank you so much kenny no worries. Thank you so much for listening and we really hope you enjoyed this episode as much as we enjoyed recording it and talking to Kenny, who was just amazing. And I'm sure that um you're also as excited as we are for his book when it comes out. Oh, I'm so excited. Me too, I can't wait. Um, also, a huge thank you to the Patreons um, for supporting our work and making this work sustainable long term. The link can be found in the show notes of this podcast, but also in the bios uh, on Instagram. I've been your co-host, Jobeka, Trees and Peace on Instagram. And I'm Michaela Loach, Michaela Loach on Instagram. And you can also follow the podcast on Instagram at the Yikes Podcast, where you can like get more info we put things on the stories usually resources and things like that so definitely go and follow us there um this podcast has been produced by the wonderful finley mowett and we'll be back next week with another episode thanks for listening <laughs>